Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of All Fighters Follow Me. I'm Moff Ted. And I'm Senator Faith. So we're back again. Unfortunately, we had uh, some life stuff come up, so we've been out for a little longer than we'd expected, but we're back again. We've been playing some Rebellion in the Rim uh, content, not the actual campaign yet, and just get back into the swing of things. But we have gotten to experiment with some of the cards that come in the pack, some of the different squadrons, and objectives. So we'll be talking about that a little bit in this episode, too. Yeah, for starters, though, we have an aftermath of a tournament that Ian ran last weekend. Yep, that was the, was it called? Who Needs X-Wing? Yeah, X-Wing <laughs> Regionals, I believe, was going on at outside of FFG, so we took all the star mats and had a nice 13 tournament person tournament. Yeah, had a had a good showing. Lots of lots of the new stuff. Couple superstar destroyers. Not as many as I was maybe expecting, but considering Rebellion in the Rim just came out and people were trying a bunch of those new cards, I can't say I'm super surprised. No, I'm not too surprised either. It seemed like there were a lot of things from Rebellion in the Rim that a lot of people were really excited to try out. Yeah, I know. I certainly ran a Rebellion in the Rim focus list. I used all of the Gravity Rift objectives. Fun. I got to play <laughs> two of them and just had a. Had a real, real excellent time with it. I like that, you know, extra bubble of you know slowing down your opponent and just kind of messing up the map. It, it has a lot more actual impact on the game than a lot of the other obstacles do, mm-hmm. because most other obstacles they have you know that like two inch square approximate area that they're like, hey, if you land here, it's not going to be fun, and I block a little space for firing. The rift really messes up with things like. Uh, speed manipulation. If you land on it, you get dropped to zero. I'll come back to that later. It also has some uh, deployment denial, which I found to be rather poignant in one of my games. Oh, it definitely affected me in one of my games. During my second game, we did Doomed Station as our objective. And the person I was playing against was also running an interdictor with those super fun gravity abilities. So... Right off the bat, I got kind of penned up on where I could deploy. Yeah, it was using the G7s where it has the anti-deployment bubble? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. That one's a uh, an old favorite of mine. I haven't used G7s much recently. I've been more grab shift reroute and targeting scramblers. Um, but do we want to kind of go through how the day went for us? Sure. So my first round was against Tom, uh, who drove, drives up from Rochester and is a really solid player and a nice guy that comes around. Um... He was running a double ISD, one Simoon, one ISD2 with a couple flotillas, which I figure out exact uh, upgrades around them. But he he and I kind of faced off, and we used his volatile deposits objective, where if you have a ship next to an obstacle at the end of the round, you score a point for if you have more command points near that obstacle. So it's like a contested station, but it's the rocks, and it's a little more... Uh, you can score a little bit more points on it, but I was able to get a... Actually, I was able to get my Corvus uh, using my grab shift reroute to jump onto two of the asteroids, and it just sat at speed zero for a couple of rounds and racked up points. So I think I actually got six victory tokens from that, and then we traded some of our large ships. My, my new list is a... A Kuat Star Destroyer, an Interdictor with Jerdrod and 
projection experts and targeting scramblers to support the Kuat. Uh, Corvus, Iden, Versio, uh, X-Rack, Raider 1, and then a Gazanti with Hondo and Comsnet. I also have a couple, I have four TIE Fighters and then a couple, what are those new ones? Um, reserve Hangar deck, so I actually have quote-unquote six TIE Fighters. And so, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, messing with the gravity rifts, really just getting the quad in there and supporting it with the interdictor, just punch things. Um, and then, so, what was your first game like? So my first game was against Tim. Who is a real, another really sweet guy from Rochester we get to play reasonably often. And Tim and I played Doom Station. I think I said at the beginning that that was my second game. I just remembered it was actually my first game. Um, and he had an ISD interdictor and two flotillas. I forget exactly what cards he had on there. I know he had, you know, the gravity wells to yep. mess me up at the beginning. That day I was playing an Akbar list with Defiance Mc80 with just kind of my general kit out, strategic advisor, ECMs. I added reinforced blast doors on there just for a little, just kind of extra help. Yeah, sustainability. Keeping that thing, keeping yeah, that thing alive. That's actually, as someone who plays against MC80s every so often, that when they pop those reinforced blast doors, once you finally blown down some shields and started taking hull damage, it's really just obnoxious because it's like, oh, you just, you know, took nine engineering worth of damage off. Great. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, I also had leading shots and XI-7s. And I was actually having a pretty fun time playing Defiance with leading shots because Defiance lets you, if you're attacking a ship that is already activated, you can add one die of any color to your roll. So when I'm making those long-range shots, I can add a blue and then use leading shots to spend that blue die to re-roll as many dice as I want. Yeah, that's a solid trick. Just being able to get some dice reliability at those long-range shots in a rebel list, especially with Akbar, is really dangerous. And then I also did an Admonition MC30 with Kaitkin and Sholin and External Rex. Yeah. <laughs> totally blanking on card names. And Was then... it a scout or a torpedo? Torpedo. Okay. Oh, sorry, Scout. Scout with scout. the red dice. Red yeah. dice. Red dice. Because Akbar is all about the red dice. Yep. You want those extra shots along. Mm hmm. And then I had two flotillas, one with um, repair crews and the other with Comsnet. And mostly I had. I just kept those very pared down. I just wanted them for activation so that I can make sure that Defiance was going last or, yeah. you know, when it was most opportune. And then with Strategic Advisors, I had five activations. So it's a good spot to be at against most fleets. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it actually served me pretty well. Squads-wise, I had Star Wars Power Couple, Kanan, and Hera. Yeah, I'm excited to be able to put those on the table. Mm -hmm. um, Kanan so far is the only squad from Rebellion in the Room that I've played with and really the only new feature that I've actually put into a list Kanan was a lot of fun 
because I haven't done that much with raid tokens. And yeah. When you get a raid token it, of a certain command type, you have to either spend a dial to remove all your raid tokens or spend a token of the same type. Yep. Or otherwise you can't resolve that command. Yep. So that was kind of fun just to throw on there just to mess with people because with Kanan... You can spend a hit die to add a ray token, but he also has the special ability where if you roll a crit, you can spend that to also add in a, another ray token. So you can potentially get two ray tokens on someone. And he's a rogue, correct? Yep. This is nice. And then I had three extra X-Wings just to kind of tie down any other squadrons that were around and maybe get some bombs off. Sure. Keep, mm-hmm. keep him honest with that. Yeah, I've... We've talked about X-Wings a few times. I still think they're a pretty respectable squadron. They just have a really nice anti-squad. Decent mm-hmm. hull. I guess acceptable bomber for everything else they do. Mm-hmm. I find they're pretty good if you just need a small squadron ball. Just to keep your squadron defense up. Yeah, four X-Wings. Yeah. There sure. are X-Wings. There I go. think the last Akbar list I flew, I just had four X-Wings in there just to be in the way. and They, they did a little bit of work. Mm-hmm. So I actually won that game, but it was by a very small margin because he was able to rack up a lot of points using the objective, but I was able to destroy a lot of his more valuable ships. It ended up being a good day for me. I won two of my three games, and I didn't get tabled. Yeah, getting to that point where you're not getting tabled at all, that's that's a nice one. And sometimes... It definitely just creeps up on you. I've had a couple of losses where I was like, oh, everything's looking fine, and then, you know, that one last ship that you thought was going to get away bites it, and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. There go the points. Otherwise, it was pretty well balanced. Yeah, Doom Station is a tough one because the Gravity Rift is an excellent defensive obstacle mm-hmm. because if you have a longer-range effect fleet, you can kind of keep your opponent off um, and just move the station a bit, I I forget where I was reading about it or who I was talking to, but there's some mention about a couple of us were maybe playing Doom Station wrong the first or second time. I'd have to double-check exactly what the wording is on it. Um, but I think you actually have to move it at least distance one up to distance two, not just a little tiny uh, like turn or tap the way... I know I, I've played it once or twice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 20 points per tick. You can score 120. You can score basically a free Star Destroyer without too much work. Yeah. As long as you can keep on your opponent and keep your station moving around the the gravity rift so they can't get to it and contest it. Um, I like it thematically because it's got this feel of, oh hey, this station is falling into the gravity rift. Oh yeah. And whoever saves the most refugees is the cooler person and wins the most points. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, It's kind of interesting to have a more of a goodwill event or objective in Star Wars where it's, you know, oh, hey, there's civilians that we need to save as opposed to, oh, hey, there's some fuel that we're going to blow each other up over. <laughs> like my first game, um, because Voltaw deposits, de- besides being able to score off of obstacles, if you're near obstacles and you get shot, they explode, sort of. They do it like a burst damage to everything around you as a special crit, uh, which only came up once or twice, but it was kind of something to remember, like, oh, I just... Lost a TIE fighter because it was sitting next to that rock. So something just positionally that you get these new objectives and you're suddenly looking like, 
oh, there's all kinds of new crazy stuff going on that maybe I do want to be next to, next to obstacles. Maybe I don't. Maybe I need to be moving around more. Um, I also, um, my opponent was also using mines. Oh, yeah. And that was actually quite interesting. Didn't he? Ha- I remember we were playing next to each other. Didn't he have like six mines on the table or something? He like had that? a lot of mines. So that, Gravwell's Doom Station, I didn't have a whole lot of places to go. But I actually found that the mines didn't bother me too much because I was able to, because you're able to shoot them with your flak dice yep. to destroy them. So I was very lucky in my dice rolls and I was able to just pop a couple first. Pop them before they got me. Nice. Yeah, Tom had a couple in his, but I grav shift rerouted the obstacles that I wanted to sit next to past them and I never needed to go near them. Just with how he deployed. Um, yeah, and my game, I I won by a little bit, mostly because I'd been able to have my Raider sit there and score so many points for me. Um, I think I ended the game with eight or nine victory tokens and he had, I think, two at the end. And, you know, I traded my Interdictor, which was my flagship, for his IST-2, which was his flagship, which kind of pans out in my favor either way. But it ended up being a decent victory, but I believe it ended up as a 7-4 for me. So nothing, nothing like, complete wipeout, but a solid game. Then I got to play Tom. Went straight from Tim to Tom. I got the Rochester crew going. <laughs> yeah. And we had a pretty fun game. We did... Fleet in being as our objective. And for that one, you get um, the first, or sorry, second player gets a token on each of their ships equal to the command value. And then first player gets one token for each of their ships. And you can spend that to ready one of your defense tokens. And your opponent gets bonus points for each of your ships that uh, doesn't have a token at the end of the game, okay. or for each enemy ship. So that was kind of an interesting objective. I, I didn't really... I, I don't feel like it really affected the game that much. Okay. Like, sure, I, I got, a look, got to, you know, flip... A token. I I was first player in that game as well, and that one, I pretty much just got outmaneuvered and outpowered. Sure. It, yeah. Two SD, two ISDs when you're running an MC30 and an MC80 is is kind of hit or miss. Depends on how people are flying, and simons are definitely not something you ever want to see when you're just trying to stay at long range and shoot each other. Right. Um, but it did end up being pretty close in the end. Didn't get tabled, and did get to take out a few mines. He only had three. (laughs) But, ultimately, pretty good game. Yeah, I've played Tom in a lot of tournaments. He's always a really, like I said earlier, he's a solid opponent. Uh, And he has the best hat. He does have the best hat. I need to get one of those hats. Yeah, he's got one of these Imperial officer hats. Actually, Stormtrooper officer hat. Oh. Stormtrooper officer hat is black. The Imperial Navy officer one is that kind of olive green. We need these hats. We do need these hats. Um, And your second guy? Yeah, second round. I played against Andy, and he was running a Radis fleet. 
which I'm not a huge fan of generally. And mm-hmm. he took first player, what was it? He had a Liberty, Mon Karen Liberty, uh, Admonition, Jaina's Light, and another second CR90, I think, and then Quantum Storm and Bright Hope. And he was all about just... Oh, that was it. He had actually some squadrons. He had YT-2400s with that instead of the MC-30. So yeah, he didn't have Admo. I just played against a Radis fleet the, a couple days before that had an MC-30. Now I'm getting it mixed up. But uh, we played my Rift Ambush where I got to place all the obstacles and then move them around a little bit with my Grav Shift reroute. So I actually positioned the Gravity Rift so that I would be able to turn out and... The gravity rift, would, the gravity rift would be behind me, which meant any ship he tried to rat us in with Quantum Storm would be hopefully at speed zero. Um, I kind of turned my ISD in and moved my interdictor straight. He did actually end up um, dropping the Liberty in a spot where it was at speed zero to start. That point didn't actually make a huge difference because I didn't have any shots because of a strategically misplaced dust field on my part that I remember putting down being like, haha, I'll hide behind this dust field. And then I used it against myself to not get any shots when it dropped. Um, but I was able to get Corvus on his CR, one of his, I Corvus actually took out Radis, uh, the Radis CR 90. Um, turns out Raiders with extracts really good at killing other small, like Corvette style ships. You can drop a lot of dice. Um, and then my Raider IS... likes to run up, hit you with a bat, and run off. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it runs in, like, smacks in the knee with with a bat, and then runs off laughing, and or screaming, depending on how much you shoot <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, I was able to position my ISD and my interdictor so that he actually ended up um, getting stuck on the grav well, getting dropped to speed zero, and rift ambush when you're around the gravity rift instead it not only slows you down, but it also makes you move forward. So you stay the same speed, but you lose maneuverability. Um, and it actually shunted him onto this, onto the gravity rift, which he was turning at, but then pushed him off of it. Uh, so you don't get stuck on it, which forever, which is nice, mm-hmm. but it, it put him into rear arc side arc of both my interdictor and my ISD at speed zero. So I was able to kill this Liberty. He did eventually take out my ISD. He had some really good, uh, slicer tool placement with Quantum Storm. So he was shutting down projection experts on my interdictor and uh, my engineering tokens on my ISD, so he was able to finally do enough plinking damage and got a couple really solid rerock shots at the Liberty and stuff. They took my ISD out and my TIE Fighters, in which I ended up trading for his Liberty and his Radis. Uh, fortunately for me, the CR90 and the Liberty ended up being just a little bit more points, so I was able to pull that one out. I think that was a 6-5, would, would have been the standard score. It was a pretty close game. Um, again, pretty solid. I'm, I'm just glad I finally found something that Radis doesn't like to fly into, because <laughs> I cannot stand Radis. Um, and, like, Jared Rod was definitely helping me a lot to get into positions that were helpful for me, but still, there's nothing that quite beats placing a heavy gunship large behind your opponent. <laughs> yeah, I don't play Radis very often. I will do Profundity mm-hmm. on occasion with a hammerhead that I'll 
try to drop in real close with with external racks to get a lot of black dice, but um, I don't know. I always find it really risky trying to drop a large ship. Yeah, you don't have to drop a large ship with Redis. It's just what people do because it gets so punchy so fast. Mm-hmm. But there's the risk that, you know, every once in a while someone brings in a Simon and blows up your flagship <laughs> on turn two before you've dropped and you, you lose. And when I was building my list for the tournament, I had considered doing a Liberty list. Okay. Then I looked and saw it had no uh, defensive retro frets, and I said, oh, hell no. Yeah, it can take Lando, which is nice, and Double Brace is pretty solid, but at the same time, defense, Electronic Countermeasures is just a super powerful card. Oh, and yeah. not being able to use it really hinders a large ship. Um, also, because of the ranges we were at, I was getting some really good use, some decent use out of targeting Scramblers out of Brunson. Um, but yeah, it really came down to Slicer Tools got in and shut down my engineering. I was kind of relying on that for a lot of my like brawling in that list because it's pretty sustainable, mm-hmm. but without the engineering, it uh, definitely takes a turn for the worst. I did Darth Vader boarding troopers off Mon Karen. Mm-hmm. Which was satisfying because I don't like that part either. Um, and then. So, Leave Mon Karen alone! No. Um, and then going into third round, you played. I played Matt. Matt. And Matt and I did actually very similar lists. He also had a Akbar list with a McGady Scout Frigate, but instead of two uh, flotillas, he had a. Corvette. Oh, yep. That's a not uncommon trait. No, it's not, and depending on what you're trying to do, it's actually a pretty good option. Yeah, it does give you some extra shots. And for that, we were boring, and we just played superior positions for our objective, which is where you're trying to uh, score points against the other player for making attacks to the rear arc. Yep. Um... So just running around, shooting each other in the butt. Yeah, it can be a fun objective. <laughs> I know he and I played a casual game on Thursday, and we ran the same one. I find it a little odd in a more ship-focused game. That's usually a squadron uh, objective. But if you're running like a MS, like a multiple small unit where you're running a bunch of small ships, it can certainly work out. Yeah, small, speedy ships. Mm-hmm. Um, that game, I did win. It was very close. He got a lot of those actual superior position points on me. Okay. But in the end, I was able to take out his larger ship. So. Oh, sure. So, yeah, that's a lot of it. You know, if you can kill a large ship and they've gotten some victory points and maybe one of your smalls, but you get it you get it well decked out, especially if it's the commanders with Akbar. Akbar's nearly 40 points. Adds up quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I played Jacob, and Jacob ran a Darth Vader... Simon Triple Architens list with intensify firepower uh, has a lot of dice mitigation. Very, um, very solid on keeping its dice hitting. And we played on my Rift Assault objective, which is the Red Gravity Rift one, where if you're not close to an obstacle, your opponent can give you objective tokens, and then if you have an objective token on you and you're being attacked, uh, your opponent can spend the objective token to turn a die to a hit, a single hit, or an accuracy. And we were kind of both just a little tapped out mentally at that point in the game and just decided to 
never actually trigger that effect. Um, but he, yeah, he had his three Architens and his ISD, and a lot of that game came down to my uh, my Kuat just jumped into the middle of his fleet, um, ate an Architens, messed up another one. I think it killed two of them, punched up his Simon, and had the most obnoxious luck with my targeting scramblers supporting it. Jacob rolled a lot of doubles into that ship that I just canceled because it was a close range and my interdictor was back there. I probably saved myself a solid 18 or so damage on that mm. ship just from re-rolling doubles. And a couple of them turned up hits, but yeah, targeting scramblers and projection experts kept that Kuat alive in the middle of his fleet for a long time. My raider one-shotted one of his Architens, which can happen. It's possible. It's not super likely, but Confire and Extrax with five black dice, you can definitely pop nine damage onto something, which is their cap. Um, my TIE Fighters kind of piddled around a little bit. They did, I don't feel like they did too much, but I did end up killing a Simon and all three Architens um, in trade for my Kuat and table him. So it was a it was a bloody game. It was just pounding mm. into each other. No no objective points, just a uh, just straight just fight to the straight death. Straight fight to the death. And so with I mean Tom Andy and had a solid wipeout against Jacob. So I actually ended up going uh, 3 and 0 and took second place after Gordon who congrats on your First first place win, Gordon. Um, Ooh, we, are, Gordon. we were all really excited to see that. Um, I didn't play him, and I don't remember what he was running. So if you, you want to... Gordon, if you want to let us remind us what you were actually running that day, we could talk about it, too. Um, otherwise, in upcoming events, we have a tournament in Chicago we're going down to at... Ooh. What's the name Chicago. of it? Chicago. Home base games on November nineteenth. Uh, I believe four of us are driving down that weekend to get some Armada in. It's a charity event. I'm really excited for it. Apparently, they have um, libations at the venue, which I will be moderating myself with. <laughs> and yeah, so we're really excited to come on down. I know Ted's been down to Chicago for some of the events. This will be my first time. Yeah, I went down to regionals last year for it, and I had a lot of fun. The guys down there are all really really both solid Armada players and, and fun people to hang around with. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to meeting everybody in the Chicago meta. Further in HoloNet news, Fantasy Flight Games is getting its prime, which is what they used to call regionals, um on December 7th. So we'll see how that's coming along. Hopefully we get a big turnout for that. I look forward to meeting a bunch of new people at that. So please come out if you're able to. It's at the Fantasy Flight Game Center, I believe. I'd have to double check the exact location. I believe it's at the Game Center. Um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Got a couple big tournaments coming up and uh, a bunch of new bunch of new cards to experiment with. I still need to try out Hondo the Squadron, oh, and, no. as well as getting some other stuff on the table. I do want to try Advanced Transponder Net Decimator Spam. Well, okay, it's it's like five decimators. Super awesome special eight. <laughs> Maybe six. So they're, they're, they're so fat. They have so many points. Um, 
But yeah, so lots of stuff going on, lots of exciting things in Ramada. We got, uh, oh, that's right, the Starhawk and Onager are on the boat. On the boat! Which means we should see them sometime this year, maybe? I, I believe it's projected for, like, six to ten weeks, so I would expect it probably maybe around Thanksgiving, Christmas at the latest at this point, but we'll see. Um, so, yeah, a lot... Like I said, really exciting Silver Armada, lots of stuff coming out, lots of events coming up, um, and I hope to see you guys there. Yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at affm.official. All Fighters Follow Me is a proud member of the Armchairs Adventurers podcast group. I'm Moff Ted. And I'm Senator Faith. May the Force be with you. <laughs>